everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm very happy that you're here with me today. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today. Our guest is Dr. Amy Keelan, who is one of the leading regenerative medicine and anti-aging doctors in the world and in the United States today. All the who's who are flocking into her facility, which is in Park City, Utah, in order to get regenerative, whether it is skin or sexual regenerative treatments, that is what makes her so special, that she's really the, in the cutting edge as far as those uh, treatments are concerned. Today, we are going to dive into exa these exact procedures, whether it is sexual rejuvenation, or skin rejuvenation and anti-aging procedures. And I mean, I expect us to have a great time. But without further ado, please welcome Amy Keelan. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, a little bit of your background, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of you guys as well, as you know. <laughs> I am a physician. I'm a medical doctor. I specialize currently in kind of integrative and anti-aging uh, strategies using all the techniques, including regenerative medicine, including stem cells and things like that. I have a kind of a special focus on skin health and sexual health. And those things have kind of come out over the, over the years and just having patients ask me over and over again, can you please help me with my skin? Can you please help me with my hair and with my sex life? So I kind of think of those things as like sort of like next level health things, right? Like once you kind of get out of survival phase, like once you're, you're able to like start thinking about other things besides just like making it through the day, then people start thinking, oh, Oh my gosh, well, how can I get my skin healthier? How can I get my sex life better? And so it's a weird combination of things, but that is what I do now. And I love it. That's awesome. And, and how long have you been doing? When did you start and, and how did your journey lead you? So I was an emergency physician for the first 10 years of my career. So I went to emergency uh, medicine residency and I got board certified in that. And then I worked in a really busy ER in Texas, in Austin for about seven or eight years. And then toward the end of that, I had my three kids within um, a two-year period. And I had a lot of stuff going on and basically decided that I was not taking good care of myself or my family and ultimately my patients. And I, so I kind of started thinking about like, what else can I do? So I, I learned a whole bunch of new things, went to new fellowship programs, did new training. And then over the course of a couple of years, pivoted into doing more integrative medicine, more preventative medicine to try to make myself healthier and also my patients. And then slowly just kind of found what is interesting you and interesting specifically for your patients that you can help them with their specific needs. Well, I guess, obviously, since you have such a, you know, striking appearance and the fact that your skin is really impressive, that's probably what led them to, to ask you, you know, in general, what they should do, right? Was that kind of the, the, the process? They wanted to get the same results that you're getting? <laughs> Well, thank you. I don't know if that's the reason. Well, so I was doing a lot of hormones. I was doing a lot of bioidentical hormones for men and women. And what would happen is I would see these people who would come in and they were just struggling. Like, you know, they were depressed. They were having lack of motivation, lack of energy. They were gaining weight. Like they were having all of these hormonal changes and were having a lot of problems. And so I'd kind of help them through that using diet and lifestyle as well as, as hormones themselves. And then a few months later, they would come back and they'd be like, okay, like I'm finally starting to feel better. I have the energy. I have the motivation. Now I want to look better. Now I want to have more confidence. Now I want to have more connection with my partner. And so I, I really think it just kind of evolved from seeing patients kind of at their worst. And then as they got better, they realized that they could even go better and better and better if they kept working mm -hmm. at it. 
So just to pick your brain a little bit about what's going through your mind when you, when that shift happens, right? So someone's getting taking care of more of their pressing needs as far as things that they need to fix in order for their life to go into like an abundance mentality, if you would. And then they have the conversation with you, right? I want to, I want the, the next level. How do you approach it? Like, what do you start with first? What's interesting for you to learn about them to, to pro- progress it? How, how do you approach it? I think that dialing in the foundational stuff is always the most important first step. Like there's, you know, you, none of the fancy stuff, none of the tricks and the, you know, the stem cells and all of that is going to do much good if you haven't laid a foundation of health. So I think it's always best to start with, you know, what are you eating? How much are you sleeping? You know, how are you mm-hmm. dealing with your stress and stress life? Because stress is awful for skin and sex and hair and everything. You know, are you exercising? How much are you lifting? And are you moving? You know, all the kind of things that like we all know are good for us. Those are the things to start with because that's important for skin health, for hair health, for sexual health, for, I mean, just for health. And then once we, they've kind of gotten through some of that stuff, maybe we'll add in some of the cool like biohackery stuff. You know, maybe we'll add in, I don't know, red light therapy or cold plunges or saunas or things like that that are maybe like a little bit sort of higher level things that not everyone knows about. And then after that, maybe we'll start adding in other kind of medical strategies if they need them, you know, things like injections or lasers or, or other, you know, techniques like that. Understood. So jumping straight to the more fancy stuff, because I feel like we have an opportunity here to to really talk to you about the more cutting edge part of beauty, whether it would be like skin health, sexual health. I feel like you're really on the bleeding edge of, of what's going on now in, in medicine. So I, w- I would love to just jump to that. What are, what are you seeing are like the best modalities for you to uh, give people results? Whether it's, you know, obviously it's, these are two things that feed off each other and complement each other. But <laughs> I mean, like as far as protocols, they, they might be a little bit different. <laughs> right. uh, but, but what do you see are like the best things, the real heavy hitters of, of, of your practice and your approach? So I personally do a lot of work with stem cells from the patient, as well as exosomes, which come from like placental stem cells and PRP, which is from the patient's own blood. So I use a lot of these growth factors in both for, you know, skin health, for hair health and for sexual health, where we're, we're essentially injecting those things. Like for the skin, I'll inject those into the skin of the face. I'll also do microneedling and then apply those things topically. And those growth factor kind of strategies, regenerative strategies are really great for helping your own body to start to repair itself and to heal itself. So you're kind of telling your own body with these growth factors, Hey, we need more collagen. We need more elastin. We need more hyaluronic acid. Our skin is getting older. And so these are great for kind of upkeep of skin and making the skin actually healthier. And then I, you know, that I'll add in other things like, you know, I have access to several different types of lasers uh, and that, that kind of depends on what the problem is. You know, is the problem dark spots from the sun is the problem that you want tightening is the problem that you, you know, have discolorations from other things. So it kind of, that is really more tailored to what the person's particular problem is as to what works best. I find that the the PRP and the exosomes and stem cells that works for everyone because everyone, all it's going to do is kind of help your, just help your skin to become more fresh and, and more youthful. And then the lasers and things like that, radio frequency treatments, radio frequency microneedling, all of that is also great, but it really depends on what the underlying problem is and what the goals are. You're, you know, you're reminding me a little bit what we're trying to do when we're explaining the, the, the Yangu system, which like, I would say 90% of people need to kind of contact us or reach out and say, guys, could you please 
like explain to me exactly what I'm doing with these products that I have. Because what we're trying to do, and it's kind of similar, I feel like to what you're doing is, first of all, we are trying to get the cells to function on a more like on a more youthful state, functioning optimally, get getting them to perform to their best. And then normally, because we're, we're, we still need to give the skin a little bit of direction. We still need to give it some homework. We need to give it, we basically need to ask it to do something specific if there is a, a specific, an acute problem that we want to treat, right? And then you're going into a specific set of modalities or one modality that would require something specific of the skin. And then the skin can perform it better because you've dialed it to its utmost potential beforehand. Does that, you know, is is that similar? Yeah, no, I love that analogy. I think that's, that's perfect. I think that something like, you know, PRP or stem cells or exosomes, again, applicable to almost everyone, because you're just kind of ramping up how well the skin is functioning. And then I have patients that will afterwards, they'll go and get laser treatments or they'll get filler to help with volume or they'll get facelifts. And, but mm-hmm. those are, cause those are all different things. And, and so it's that, I think it's important to note that there's not one thing, whether that's in skincare or in just the things like I do that works for everyone, for every condition all the time. Like mm-hmm. we are all very different. And so people are always asking me like, you know, what's the one thing that I should do for my skin. And I'm always like, well, sunblock. And like, maybe, you know, like I give kind of a, a, a generic answer because there's, it's hard to say that there's not really the one thing there's all these different things that we can use in combination yeah and just to make sure that we're we're covering the base well how would you explain stem cells to begin with how do you explain that trio because they're kind of you know different aspects of the same family right prp exosomes and stem cells you know you could start with whatever just i think people have heard about stem cells so much lately in the last few years so Everyone knows know that they kind of have them, but what? Why would someone use them? Like, how do we use yeah. them? How do we get them? What do they do? Totally, totally. So, stem cells are the cells in your body that are responsible for the upkeep of all the different tissues and organs in your body. So, they can replicate; they can make more of themselves, which not all cells can do. And they can also differentiate, which means they can turn into different types of cells. They can become skin cells, or muscle cells, or bone cells. They can kind of differentiate. So, what happens as we get older? The stem cells in our body they become less able to communicate with each other. They have less; they have fewer growth factors. They have sort of less able to replicate and do do their job. And so what we're trying to do with all of these regenerative strategies, whether that's PRP or stem cells or exosomes is communicate with the stem cells that are already there in our bodies that they need to become more active again. So that's the main, what we're trying to do in general. So there's a couple of different ways that we can do that and depends on where you live and kind of what the rules are. Platelet-rich plasma is available everywhere, like anywhere in the world. You can use your own blood and basically we take blood from the patient and then we centrifuge it, we spin it, and then we just isolate the platelet and we concentrate the platelets because the platelets have a lot of these messenger proteins and cytokines and growth factors in there that when you inject them into the skin or into a joint or wherever, they will get released and then they communicate with the cells you already have in that area and they tell those cells, hey, we need so we need you guys to be more active. We need some more blood vessels. We need more collagen, whatever it is. So that's PRP. And that's been around for decades. It's super safe. And there's really very little controversy about it. And then the next other kind of step up from that is using stem cells from the patient, like bone marrow stem cells, or in some places, fat derived stem cells, where we do a small procedure, we get their own stem cells, and we concentrate them. And then we can inject those just like with the PRP, but they are actual cells. So they're a little bit more active in the way they communicate with the cells that are already there. 
And then similarly, exosomes, which are, are kind of a group of these growth factors that come from stem cells. They're like the action arm of the stem cell. And these exosomes or secreted or secretomes, are, they're also called, they can come from all different types of stem cells. Most commonly, they'll come from like placenta, like full-term babies delivered to placenta gets donated instead of thrown in the trash. And then those cells get used. And those are really youthful growth factors. And so they can communicate and sort of act as stronger messengers sometimes than the ones the person already has. So all of it sounds super fancy, but the underlying thing we're trying to do is just send signals to your cells that are already there to get your cells to be more active and to really do their job like they were younger acting cells. And awesome. That's that's an awesome explanation. Two questions that I've met that I've kind of stumbled upon before people are asking. The first thing is, as far as exosomes go, are there different kinds? So, you know, there are companies, there is a Korean company that has a product for eczema with exosomes. There are a few companies that make it and, you know, are kind of skirting the lines of saying that it can replace stem cells. You know, the FDA doesn't really let them. So right. they're, they're, they're trying to hint on it, but the thing <laughs> in the skin, skin realm. So are, are exosomes just like a general, general saying, like you would say, stem cells or do different ones have different roles? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, there are all different types of exosomes. And honestly, we're just beginning to see different companies coming out with really different types. So exosomes typically in the past have come from either bone marrow derived stem cells from like a young person, like a 20 year old donates bone marrow. And then those that bone marrow gets cultured and then they kind of they essentially stress it. And then the, the cells release these exosomes, these growth factors and then they scoop up just the exosomes and we'll use those. So that's what some products are. They're bone marrow derived. A lot of products are from birth tissue products, not embryonic. We're not, no babies are getting killed in the process. This is birth tissue that would have been thrown in the trash that's instead taken to a lab. So that's like umbilical cords, that's amniotic fluid, that's placental tissue. And so a lot of the exosomes come from those sources, but there are, you can get exosomes really from any cells in the body that, that release them. Like all different cells will do this. And what, what's coming and what we're gonna see soon if, if, if it's not here yet is these exosomes that are made specifically to do a specific job because the exosomes are just growth factors. They're just signals. And right now we're just kind of saying, okay, well, th these signals will probably work, you know, in different parts of the body, but ultimately we'll have exosomes that are specifically for skin repair or specifically for eczema or for, you know, increasing blood, blood vessels or whatever. And most of those are not here yet. The rules uh, with the government, at least in the US, is that we aren't allowed to inject the exosomes. We're only allowed to apply them topically right now. So we can use them for skin and hair, uh, but we're not supposed to be injecting them into the like the bloodstream unless we have special sort of grants to do that. But it's, I think that there's a lot of potential with exosomes. Okay. And that's like, uh, I love the uh, sentence that you said in the end, because if someone is following you and your Instagram account, and uh, which is more than highly recommended. I don't know how how are you even functioning if, if you're not following Jamie Killen, for real though. But recently, uh, I have seen you doing full body stem cells on a few like noted people in our industry. So, and you did mention, so these are stem cells. These are not exosomes per se. Are yes. these the that person's stem cells or is that... Okay, yes. Yes. And yes. why why would someone want it systemically and not locally? Is it only that we need more of them? Is that the price that's uh, you know involved with it? Why do one and not the other? 
So with the full body stem cell makeup, we're actually doing a bunch of local injections and we give, we give some IV as well, but we're doing, my partner, Dr. Adelson does, he, inject, he injects all of the major joints in the body, all down the neck and the back, the shoulders, the hips, the, you know, the knees, the wrists, like basically all the joints with the patient's own stem cells and PRP. And then I will do uh, facial injections, microneedling, scalp injections and sexual injections with the stem cells. And then I'll use the exosomes topically in the areas, the face and the, and the hair as well. So I will use exosomes as well, but it's primarily the patient's own stem cells that we're using in those procedures. Understood. So it's not like you're getting them like NIV into the bloodstream and, and well, we do an IV. We do an IV also, um, but it's that's not like the that's not the main thing that we're doing. We're really putting them specifically in the places we want them to be. The IV, you know, there's a lot of studies that show that IV stem cells, even just from the patient, may be helpful for you know helping with various diseases or longevity or things like that. We don't really know yet, and so we can't. We're not trying to you know we're not saying that we're treating any specific diseases, but for longevity purposes, there is at least one study using stem cells that you know show that. There was some improvements in, in markers of aging and frailty and such. So I think that the jury's still out, but it's, you know, it's just your own cells. So worst case scenario, you just have your own cells put back in you again. Mm -hmm. Sounds awesome. And that, so that's procedure is basically just like an overall. It's not, it's not that you're sacrificing like a, a localized response because you're doing it overall, the whole body is just like an approach to, to, to do everything at once kind of. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people will have multiple things that hurt or, or, you know, or they're connected, like maybe they have neck pain, but that's also because they have problems in their lower back that they maybe don't know about. So it's kind of just a way to get in there and treat all the things all at once and try to kind of help try to promote healing all over. And, you know, understood something very interesting about the way that you provide results that I think is unique in med medicine as a whole as a whole is that you provide a service and then you're telling the person you're not it's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and the results are going to be there that's like a process you need to wait and the results you're you basically need to now have your body kind of respond and produce the results that you want and I think that's interesting because I think maybe you can tell me more but almost across the board in all the treatments that you do, which I think is amazing and that's the way it should be. That is the case where even if it's like a laser peel, an injection, whatever that may be, the results come, come later on, right? So do you, how do patients take it? Are they normally patient? Like, is it something, because you know, sometimes, for example, we have some, you know, more affluent clients, they want everything immediately. So how do you balance these, these, these two things? How do you explain it? And also, I'm interested like in timelines, right? What, what are you looking at as far as timelines and results? I wanted to take a quick break for this episode to chat with you about our Young Goose skincare product and our special offer for our podcast listeners. Our products are the world's first biohacking skincare products. And what they aim to do is to reboot uh, your skin cells to a youthful state so they can correct the cellular damage that is accumulated over time. Our favorite products and the one that we recommend everyone to start with are is our care concentrated moisturizer that can be used as both a day and a and the night cream. What this product is really specially delivering to the skin is 
our NAD precursors that are nano-sized and lipolized. They are both NR and NMN. And what they aim to do is to fuel the repair processes that our skin engages in by activating also our sirtuins, which are our anti-aging genes or our longevity genes that are responsible for DNA repair and basically repairing who we are really as human beings. In order to do that in the most effective way, we combine it with our enhanced resveratrol, which is fermented resveratrol, that allows resveratrol to be 50 times more bioavailable in the skin and actually non-toxic because most people don't know that resveratrol is actually toxic for the skin since the skin doesn't have the enzyme to break it down like our gut does. So by fermenting the the resveratrol and introducing the enzymes in the fermentation process, we can obviously make it non-toxic and 50 times more bioavailable. And Care Concentrated Moisturizer also has 10 more active ingredients that support those processes, such as CoQ10, PQQ, two forms of vitamin C, and even turmeric and B vitamins. This is the first product we recommend. The second is eye care, which is a version of care specifically for the eyes. It also contains our NAD precursors and also contains very, very advanced peptides or proprietary complex that includes GHKCU, a copper peptide that is very famous for its anti-aging abilities. The third product we recommend is our ProCare Serum. And that is a very special serum because it interacts with the mTOR pathway, which is a pathway that is very famous for its ability to affect how we age. So this product does a few things, but really what it does, it eliminates senescent cells, which are cells that harm our skin because our skin couldn't clear them very well. So it eliminates those, regenerates the skin. It stimulates the mitochondria with lilac uh, cell culture extract. And it also has a very strong and effective form of vitamin C that is well known to help the skin regenerate itself. Combining these three products by first applying ProCare, then eye care, and then care will give you the best results you've ever experienced for your skin and that we guarantee. If you would like to try these products, you can head over to younggoose.com to our website. And when checking out, please use the promo code PODCAST20 in all capital letters in order to get 20% off your first purchase. Again, head over to younggoose.com and use promo code PODCAST20 in all capitals for 20% off your first purchase. And now let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think your point is a good one. Like you you have to explain to the patient ahead of time, here's what you should expect. And as long as you explain it ahead of time and you say, hey, you are not gonna see much improvements or changes at all for the first six weeks. And maybe it maybe it's as long as three months, which is about what I tell people. So six months, six weeks to three months is when you you may or may not see improvements. And then you should start to see improvements in skin at about you know two or three months, in hair growth, maybe three or four months. So it, it takes a long time because you're asking your body to to do something that takes time. Like you're asking your body to actually repair itself. I, I we are all, you know, we're all used to getting things quickly. And I I get that. I'm also one who like, you know, but because I try so many different things on myself, I'm always like, well, like, I don't even know what's helping and not helping sometimes because I'm, you know, doing so many things. And so I think that's a big problem. But, you know, if we're really trying to create change and not just sort of a quick fix, it does take time, whether that's with your skincare regimen or your lifestyle changes, or, you know, even some of these procedures that I do. 
Understood. And as far as like, so when I had uh, stem cells, I, I've only had stem cells done once. And that was my own stem cells injected to my knee to try to avoid knee surgery. And it definitely helped recover from the knee surgery that I needed to do eventually. But yeah, I know, I mean, like when there's something mechanically wrong, I had yeah. just like a flap of meniscus just going back and forth there. Yes. So there is a limit to what, you know, my body can do with a, with a piece hanging out. But it definitely, I felt a, a huge improvement in the way I recovered from surgery. So very happy I did it. But it was explained to me that because I was younger at the time, my stem cells are very, I have a lot of them and they're very effective. So as time progresses, as a person grows older, are those stem cells that they have enough for them to get results from? Or how do we improve those stem cells? Yeah, I mean, yes, there is a point and it's different for everyone where your stem cells from your own body are not going to be as effective. We tend to see that it's, you know, somewhere over 50 or so, 50 or even 60, because we're taking so many of them, like from the bone marrow, for instance, and you know, they don't have to be as effective as younger cells to still make a difference, but there is a point where they're not as effective. And so that's why, you know, for a while there, we were using a lot of exosomes because we would add the exosomes to the stem cells and the, the stem cells essentially take in the exosomes. And at least what we think happens is that, that the proteins in the, uh, and the messenger RNA in the exosomes essentially get your stem cells to act like more youthful stem cells. So for, you know, before, for a while, when we were allowed to, we were adding exosomes to the stem cells of the patient and then injecting that combination. And we thought that worked really great. Instead of that, now we're, we're activating the PRP with a special laser to try to to activate what are called the V cells or the very small embryonic like stem cells, which are very new. And we're still kind of experimenting with them, but um, there are some cells that are in your blood that are, that are kind of sleepy or quiescent. And so there's some technology now that we can use potentially to activate those cells to make them more energetic and, and more awake. Uh, so we've been using some of that kind of stuff, but yeah, your stem cells do get a little bit tired as you get older and lifestyle is a big part of that. You know, what are else, what else are you doing? Are you, are you exercising? Are you eating well? Or, you know, are you doing some supplements and things like that, but, but it happens to all of us, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. So is there anything that you are interested in, in that you did mention a little bit like these cells, things like that, but is there any technology that you're looking forward for the future? Like how does the future look like as far as, as you're concerned, your practice is concerned, like what are you geeking about right now? You know? <gasps> Oh my gosh, there's so many things. I mean, I, I would love to add more, you know, complementary therapies. Our office is not really big enough to do it, but like, I mean, it'd be great to have like a hyperbaric oxygen chamber because we know hyperbarics is so good for some cells. You know, mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to do NAD infusions in the office, you know, maybe before or after in the days after, because that's great for some cells as well. Anything that increases nitric oxide is going to be help with stem cell um, activation or proliferation. So like red light therapy, for instance, or PEMF or saunas or, or you know, things like that. So I I would love to have all the things in my office, but our office is pretty small. So instead, what I do is I just tell the patients that are coming in for these procedures, you know, here are some other things that you can do at home. And a lot of my patients are sort of these biohacker types anyway, that often are coming from other places um, in the world, but a lot of them have some of these technologies already or have access to them. And so they're pretty excited to, you know, to put them to use again. Awesome. That's interesting. So we've been uh, a little bit obsessed recently as, as far as a company like Young Goose, we were, we've been obsessed with hyperbaric, hyperbaric oxygen therapy or HBOT, sometimes it, it's called. And that's an extremely interesting way to kind of also basically reawaken some repair processes in our body, right? And 
obviously we made a mask that initially we thought is going to be used only to improve the results within within a hyperbaric chamber. Now we're, we're discovering and we're going to release a, a study soon showing that it mimics the effects of hyperbarics on the skin, uh, even if you're not doing hyperbarics. So what is going on in hyperbarics? If you, if you could elaborate a little bit, like why would it help you with your in-office procedures if someone did hyperbarics beforehand? Because basically hyperbarics is pressurizing a, a tank somewhere that the person's laying at and having them breathe pure oxygen. And that pressure basically overloads the blood with oxygen, oxygenates the tissue. And when the people come out of the hyperbaric chamber, there is kind of an opposite response where blood vessels kind of, you know, supply less blood, less, less nutrients. And that's pressure also increases the repair of the body. So first of all, you can ask something if I, if I've missed, but really why, what are you looking for as far as helping you? Well, the things for me, there's a big relationship between hyperbarics and stem cells and the fact that hyperbaric oxygen seems to further activate stem cells to, you know, to make them more active, to make them proliferate more, to make them send out more signals. So all of that is obviously very helpful. There's a lot of research in healing and how hyperbaric oxygen will help, you know, promotes healing in different people. So certainly after procedures that we do, people are a little beat up. I mean, we're doing hundreds of injections. So it would be great to be able to put them in a chamber, really facilitate faster healing. So they get up and at them, you know, even faster. And then we know that hyperbaric will increase blood vessel formation and blood flow in a lot of areas. We've seen like in, in erectile dysfunction, for instance, is where I've seen some of this is they did a study with, with men. They, they, they did it for some other reason. Like they weren't even looking at, you know, erectile function. They were doing it for other reasons. They did a series of these hyperbaric studies. And at the end of it, these guys were like, hey, you know, whatever else is better, but also I'm having much better erections because that you're, you're actually forming new blood vessels to carry all that new oxygen and, and everything. So I, I think that, and that, you know, that applies to skin as well, obviously for wound healing, um, for just general aging, trying to get better blood vessels and blood flow to the skin is going to be really helpful. So I haven't used it myself much, but I I'm kind of following along peripherally by, you know, Dr. Scott share people like that, who are amazing in the field. Keep, keep being like, Dr. Amy, you got to get one of these. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I know I can't have all the toys though. <laughs> no fun intended, but, uh, okay. So actually kind of, Segwaying to your other form of expertise, which is, okay, now we have uh, beautiful skin. We lo- we're impressive in our appearance. We probably will get, uh, we'll get more, uh, you know, get courted more or have uh, a <laughs> more. Uh, You're very prim and proper. I love it. Getting courted. I know, more. right? <laughs> I mean, like now we can act on our, our new rejuvenated look, but we need to perfor- perform as we look as well, right? Uh, so, first of all, it wasn't uh, that you were doing it, but I've seen someone inject stem cells into their into their penis. Basically, that's something that that is now common. Is it something that now people are doing on a regular basis? Um, I wouldn't say it's common, but yeah, I've been I've been injecting stem cells into penises and vaginas and clitorises for about seven years now. And it's something that is definitely done. It's still considered to be experimental. There are studies that have been reported and, you know, there's been some positive benefits for erectile dysfunction and for stress urinary incontinence, which is like when you pee a little bit, when you jump for women, especially and sensation, things like that, but it's still pretty new. Uh, And so I would say that, you know, it's definitely not a widespread thing, but it seems to offer some 
benefits for people um, using their own stem cells. And, and then I have, I'm finishing a study right now where we used exosomes and injected exosomes into penises and in guys who had erectile dysfunction and to see if that was also beneficial. And I'm still waiting to gather the data from the other sites, but um, hopefully we'll have that published next year if it, you know, if it came out positive. And so there's, there's definitely some things we can do. PRP has been injected into those areas for a long time and it seems to offer some benefits as well. Okay. So how, where, is there any difference between procedures, obviously, but what are the differences in approaches you, you have in that field for when and men and women? Cause I, I assume there is ma- many more differences in that than in skin health, right? How do you, what are like two different modalities that you would be approaching in men and women? So for men, I'll, you know, the injections are similar. Like the injections uh-huh. with cells of PRP, that's similar for both. In men, we use a lot more of the low intensity shockwave therapy. So like Gainswave, which is a company in the US that's gotten known for that, but basically using high intensity pressure waves that's delivered through a handheld device. Usually in the office, we'll do like a series of six sessions over the course of a few weeks is really great for reversing ED. And a lot of men are improving function, even if you don't have ED by increasing blood flow and stem cell recruitment and nitric oxide. Uh, release and all of that. So really big fan of the shockwave therapy or gains wave. Um, I'm a big fan of using penis pumps in guys who are not having like normal sort of morning erections. If you're not waking up with erections regularly, I think a penis pump is really helpful for the same, same kind of reasons, like getting blood flow, getting oxygen, keeping the cells in the penis healthy. I'm a big fan of nitric oxide boosters for both men and women, you know, really keeping the nitric oxide levels up, which is going to deliver the blood flow to the pelvis, which is something that goes down as we get older. And then for women, I'm a fan of the injections. Um, I do some of the vaginal lasers or radio frequency devices, not as many of those as I, as I used to. I'm really a big fan of pelvic floor health and kind of education for both sexes and making sure that the pelvic, the pelvic muscles are either not too, too loose and weak or too tight and weak. And a lot of people don't know that there's a difference and that the treatment's actually very different depending on what's going on. So that's something else I've become really interested in lately as well. Understood. And, you know, kind of maybe going back to what we what we mentioned when we started, which was more basic ways to go about our, our health in general and sexual health. What, uh, when someone comes to you with either perfor- like performance issues for men or, you know, uh, for women, it could be also the same, but just the experience, again, like looser, less performance, whatever that may be. What are some of the basic things? So you mentioned like exercise, you mentioned nutrition. How do you evaluate that? What are you trying to measure? Is it blood? Is it just their lifestyle according to what they're reporting? How do you approach assessing someone like that? So I kind of have a, a four-pronged approach to looking at that, to looking at sexual dysfunction or looking at people who want to have better function. So I, I look at the, the mind. So I mind the mind. So that's stress, that's sleep, that's, you know, what's happening on a daily basis. Cause obviously your brain is your largest sex organ. That's where everything starts. That's where desire, arousal, orgasm, all that starts in your brain. And mm-hmm. so that's, a you know, all the neurohormones and neurochemicals that are in there. And so things like you know, how are you dealing with stress? How much are you sleeping? Is it good quality sleep? Like, you know, social relationship, things like that can, will play into that piece of it. And then the next piece of it is the, the blood flow piece, which we kind of talked about. So making sure, you know, you have nice, healthy blood vessels and that's all, almost all lifestyle, limiting smoking, limiting alcohol, you know, good, making sure you're eating a lot of healthy foods, exercise, and then boosting nitric oxide. That's all going to go to blood flow and trying to optimize that. 
And then the next piece of it is the hormones and making sure that the, the hormones themselves are really dialed in. And that's something that gets, you know, that changes as we, as we age, whether that's because we have pregnancies or breastfeeding or birth control pills or menopause, or for men, you know, just andropause, losing testosterone as we get older, all these changes can affect sexual health. So looking at those. And then the fourth piece is the support, the structures. And that's where we look at the pelvic floor health, the muscles, and then also the structures themselves. You know, is there any issue with the actual genitalia? And that's kind of the least likely area that the problem is like, it's usually somewhere else. It's not usually like in the actual genitalia, but we'll look at that as well. If that's, if, you know, one of the potential problems. Understood. And that would actually also kind of apply to skin health, right? Because in the end of it, you're just making a healthier aside from the structural issue, but you're making a healthier, optimized human being. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could take that exact same approach and apply it to skin, which is what I think is so interesting that there's so much overlap between these, these two things, even though they seem very different. So there's such a, you know, there's a big mental component, a big stress component with skin. Obviously, if we're super stressed out, we'll see it on our skin, whether that's with, you know, acne or with eczema or any other, you know, types of rashes, we will see that. And so that four-pronged approach absolutely ap applies to skin as well. So, you know, to maybe, um, to close it out with Amy, with Amy and, and as an example. So what do you do? I mean, what is, what are the homework you're giving yourself? Like if you were a patient, right? You're, you're your own, you're the closest to the plate, as we say. So what do you do in order to keep your health, your sexual health, your skin health? What approaches do you apply to yourself? We kind of said that you need to do HVOD at some point. Same goes here. Yeah. What do you do for yourself? Well, currently I'm pretty good about sleeping well. So I, I get at least seven or eight hours of sleep a night, which I think is really important. And that has like, I, this is, I'm pretty new to that in the last few years. I'm pretty good about exercising. I try to do strength training at least three or four days a week. And I do when the weather's nice, I'll do hiking and get outside in nature, which is, which is kind of my meditation, like walking out inside in nature. I have, I have a sauna and I've been doing a lot of sauna, which I love for like, my skin is like glowy afterwards. And I just feel amazing. So that was really, really great. I have red light therapy as well, which I love also. And I don't do all of those things every day, but I try to fit them in. And then, you know, I do my best with eating. I'm not honestly the healthiest eater all the time. I wish I was better. I need to do better. I need to eat more vegetables. Like I sometimes just kind of, kind of skip over those. So that's how work for me is, I think is the diet piece of it, but, and, I, and I'm pretty good at stress management. I think, I think that's something that is really important. And luckily I I've been able to, to deal with what you know, the stress that I have pretty well with just through exercise and meditation and things like that. Understood. Do you do any of the more, you know, of the more new approaches? Have you done like stem cells on your own? Is it something that you're interested in, in kind of trying on yourself before you're trying on other people or other people are the guinea pigs? And then when it works, do you do it on your own? No, honestly, almost everything that I've done on any patient, I've done on myself first. Uh -huh. And I, you know, I, I will, I've injected myself with PRP, with exosomes, um, with, I had someone else inject me with stem cells, stem cells. I haven't done that on myself, but you know, almost all of the lasers and devices and everything that I've ever told patients to do, if I can do it on myself, I'll do it on myself first or on my husband. He does not like it, but he's a guinea pig also a lot of times. Great. Actually, I, I've never, I've never seen your husband. So does it work on him as <laughs> As well as it works on you he doesn't let me do as much on him but i think that when i do it with it he has good results <laughs> that's awesome so amy again like i believe your your knowledge is endless like we can go into so many rabbit holes and and just pick your brain but i think it was a very good introduction to think what the future you're kind of again as i said before you are the what would be common in every like street corner in 
10, 20 years, uh, you're doing it right now, safely exploring the, uh, the most advanced uh, technologies that we have to offer as far as beauty and sexual health. So as I again said before, all people need to do is really consume the information that you generously provide. Where would you think would be the best way to consume that, that information? Well, as you mentioned before, I'm very active on, on Instagram. That's probably the best way to find me. It's Dr. Amy B. Killen is my business account on Instagram. I do a lot of videos, which are hit or miss, um, posts, other things, and try to- try We to- love them. <laughs> it may just be you guys and me who are laughing at them sometimes, <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. I do have uh, several different websites as well. DrAmyKillen.com is an easy way to find me. And then I have a couple of different clinic websites that I can refer you to also, but- you know, social media is the easiest thing. And then I can always send you over websites and things after that, if you have questions. And where are you located in the United States? Because I know a lot of people are flying to you and, and, you know, treating themselves to treatment that even if they don't live close to you. So where are you located? in? Um, I'm in Salt Lake City and Park City, Utah. Yeah. And I would say probably 85 to 90% of our patients come from out of state or out of the country at this point. So Utah is pretty easy to get to Salt Lake City. And so people just fly in for a few days and it's, it's lovely here. So come see me. We support this message. Uh, anyone, <laughs> anyone who can definitely should, should come and see Amy. Amy, I want to thank you personally, uh, also for the wonderful time that that we have together for the opportunity that you've given our products and, and the way you, you support us is, is obviously uh, something that we appreciate and we hope that our products repay you in, in kind. And we I wish us a, a wonderful, continuous relationship. Yes, thank you. I will continue to use your products. They're lovely, wonderful. Yes, ma'am. All right, thank you very much and uh, have a great uh, rest of your day, everyone. Thank you.